0: Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman over there is the ceaseless... Not
1: sponsored by Endless. Brant Kruger of Event Technology Consulting. All right, and I'm not making this up. I too use the random adjective generator. That gentleman over there is the ceaseless Will <laughs> Curran of Endless Events. <laughs> no, I'm not okay. even joking. I got a tiny little bit. Oh that my god, that's got to be a first for the number of episodes that we've done. That's the first time the adjective generator has come up with the same word for what business.
0: is that? How's that statistically even possible? I mean, there's got to be like thousands of adjectives in their database. I, I don't know what to tell you okay real quick you hit hit generate again what All word right. do you get i gotta know this is just perpetual. too perpetual i got o oh, o oh, a fish oh fish i don't even know what the heck that means i gotta google it too like official <laughs> like like it's it's like the slang for official it's like dude it's totally a fish <laughs> a it's o-a-f-i-s-h and it means clumsy stupid oh fish Oafish. oafish.
1: I've never heard that word before. Like an oaf. Clumsy like an oaf. You're oh, oafish. Oh, like
0: an oaf. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oafish. Okay, that makes sense. That's Dang. funny. Okay.
1: I, <laughs> I didn't even know oaf was
0: an actual I kinda word. Like, I kind of
1: like it's a slang for a fish. It's like, dude, it's totally a fish. <laughs> You're totally a fish. <laughs> it's le- no, it's legit. It's a fish. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is just going to be about the adjective generator. Apparently today. so. <laughs> yeah, Apparently so. It. Well, I mean, come on. We have to acknowledge when it gives you the same adjective Same across adjective. Across time and space. That's crazy. No, that's, what that's, are that's, the that's, chances? That's, awesome. that's absolutely nuts. Um, well, we'll see if it happens next episode.
0: But, yes, I, I think this is going to be a very special episode. Mark it down. This episode is going to be a good one. Um, but to, we aren't talking <laughs> on a
1: very special episode of the Event Tech Podcast. Will, Will Brand- learns a valuable lesson <laughs> and random, uh, what, what like
0: a chaos theory? The ch- random chance of adjectives colliding with each other Um, but we're not talking about the adjective generator today we definitely do have a real topic to talk about want to talk about event management software Um, and this was definitely something I think that is um, like I that's really I think bugged me I think over the last probably two three years or so um, more than anything um, in terms of like something that I can't find a tool to do what I want it to do. And I have kind of two problems. One is like the more like obvious like event management software related stuff, which we'll talk about. But then also like as a business owner, this like feature that doesn't exist um, and maybe if by talking about it on the podcast, someone would point me in the right direction of a tool, but like the uh, around budgeting and, uh, knowing growth, uh, profit margins of events that we are executing for our clients. Um, but we definitely haven't had a tool for that. So, but I, I this would be an interesting topic because, um, you know, it kind of reminded me that, you know, we actually at one point had a, uh, event management software in the industry um and unfortunately does not exist anymore um but i would be curious to know like if this sort of thing exists and, and brand you might you might totally remember what was the name of megan's um uh, a software that she 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 worked for while i try to like desperately google for it um if i can try to find the software name of it you know what i'm talking about though i i do
1: actually <laughs> and and it's yeah it's been a couple of years since i've Thought about it, so but I remember being very impressed at the time. I know exactly what you're talking about, so I'll be frantically googling as well. Um, you know, while you, while you're looking that up, I'll just add that you know this is something that is definitely not my main. You know, not in my main wheelhouse. I've definitely taken demos of event management software, but not being a planner myself, you know, it's it's a little bit difficult for me to judge sometimes. Exactly what needs are, are you know are being met? Exactly what needs aren't being met by you know by these types of software. So when I look at an event management software, I kind of like, oh yeah, that looks nice. That's a clean interface. You know, <laughs> that seems like it would give me all the information that I need. Very different than what a, you know a, a, an actual you know in, in air quotes actual event planner <laughs> uh, you know is going to be looking for in this type of software. And then of course that's going to vary wildly depending on the type of planner that you are: corporate versus association versus independent. Totally, and
0: the tool name that I totally forgot on is Event Collab. It's probably been like maybe four or five years now since Event Collab was around, but they were going after this market of like, hey, you need to manage your budget, your tasks for planning the event, and you know, it was trying to be kind of like the project management software for the events industry. And I, I really liked the direction it was going because everybody else was focusing on like the app that interacts with your attendee. They were thinking just about the back end ops that were necessary on there too. Um, and so what I find is in The industry is we all end up relying on tools that aren't made for our industry, which you know, maybe our industry isn't large enough to need a, like a a, a a base camp of its own. But like at Endless, we end up using like a combination of like a Workflow Max to do our budgets, we use Basecamp to do all of our tasks. We end up using like three four different tools to basically manage the project that is a, a single event. We end up choosing Basecamp because we add our clients into it so they can see, like, we can assign them tasks, they can see the progress that we're putting through, and you know, all this things like that we can add sponsors into it that sort of thing but you know it definitely it feels like you like you said like you know even when you look at it you go like oh yeah this 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 might look like it have this clean interface but i think what i find is like you know there's so many tools working on outside the industry just to kind of broadly match tons of industries that we end up getting you know kind of you know a, a good tool, but there's a couple like events industry related um, features that I think that we want to see as planners to be able to plan an event and and do it successfully. Um, and I, let's start with, you know, I think in general, like collaboration, right? I think one big thing about our projects in the events industry compared to potentially other industries and feel free to say another industry if you do know one, but is that we touch so many different people in so many different areas, you know, like if you're a marketing company doing a marketing campaign, you are probably just putting a marketing person into that, into there. And that's why there's so many good marketing tools that are collaborative, um, on there. But like in the events industry, you might have the CEO in there submitting a presentation. You might have, you know, the marketing person planning the event. You might need to bring, you know, the it person in to verify, you know, uh, an, an API integration or something like that. You end up having like so many different stakeholders, uh, involved in it. Like, I feel like that's one of the reasons why planning event events can be so hard is because there's so many collaborators across different departments. So. Uh,
1: <laughs> Sorry, I muted myself to, to cough. <laughs> so, so, so that was so like, where's the unmute, where's the unmute? You're so right. And, and I think it's why so many times we find folks you know reverting to the things that they know or the software that's free uh, yeah. such as excel or smart sheets or something along a those free lines version of asana right so you know so 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 much of the work winds up getting done in just what we have you know so mm-hmm. i've got i've got excel you've got excel maybe we do google sheets so that we can you know so that we can you know uh, update things on the fly maybe if you you know go to a more paid solution you use something like smart sheets so much is being done in these types of uh, of, of software solutions, but they're, they're still missing a lot of the game, like what you're talking about, trying to determine whether or not something's profitable. Like you would have to, you know, do a lot of calculations in a Google mm-hmm. sheet in order to be able to start figuring some of that stuff out. So the more that we can build that into a, a, a solution of some kind and, and start to move away from some of these things that aren't purpose-built, uh, the better. Totally, the
0: the Google Sheets is such a great example of like a tool that we all lean on, right? It used to be like people said Excel, but I think Excel is slowly dying uh, because it can't collaborate in real time like Google Sheets can. You know, you might say something like, well, Airtable might be be able to do that too, but the problem is it doesn't have that clean interface. If you like, I've shown an Airtable database to so many people and they just go, Oh my god what the heck is this you know it just seems really really overwhelming versus it you know you talk about um, you know I'm thinking about one aspect of events if I'm planning an event is something like managing the dollars of sponsors right like how do I track how much each sponsor has given me how do I know that I've collected their money and how do I know that you know what what different uh, package levels they've given on like you just end up having to build all this stuff so custom that like I can't imagine going at Google spreadsheets and being like what the heck is this like a budget's easy to look at, right, you can just have a couple of cells. It's you know a couple <laughs> columns wide, and boom—that's easy. That's easy for us
1: to say. I've seen I've seen some planners' budget spreadsheets, and it oh, no blew way. my mind. <laughs> uh, you know, you know. We, sometimes we get stuck in our own little world of, of event uh, technology and AV. But I saw one of my uh, planner clients' uh, actual full-on budget spreadsheet, and it was. Tabs and tabs and wow. pages and pages of all the little things because of catering and you know the, the oh, yeah. you know the the venue and, and the, decor all the elements of it. and, and, the and detail. all of those little things. So yeah, it can wow. it can be as simple as a couple of <laughs> of, of, of columns. But I want to be clear uh, for all the folks that were screaming in at their podcast players just now um, that uh, that that we understand that it it can be a lot more complicated than that. And you know now you remind
0: me about that about how it can get complicated. We are doing this... um that this event in Mexico coming up and um, we want to build a financial projection because it like the event is very much hinged upon uh, attendees uh, the ticket sales to know like how much do we have to spend in these different budget categories where do we need a break even to be all the different ticket types and everything like that we just don't we aren't lucky enough to have giant sponsors to cover at least the initial cost and then everything else is gravy on top so when we put together this financial projection it is so complex like this spreadsheet is incredible like Fed A did just like such an amazing job on it. But like, there's many a times we have meetings where we share it with people and give them edit access. And we say, these are the cells you can touch. Don't touch anything else, you know? And I think that's just like such a commonplace when it comes to it. Like, you know, let's think about like in the industry too, like this massive problem, how many people are out there go looking for a template, right? Like, you know, and it's funny because you would think to yourself, like, why should you need a template if there, if this should be built into a tool? Like no one goes and says, like, who has a, project template. No, because they just put it in the project management software and you're all good to go. But there's so many times where like the industry is like we're trying to find the next template that they can do to do their job. You know, it can create some, uh, I think, big challenges around that. Um, <laughs> so I think like, you know, Let's. I think like it might help. Maybe just to dive deep into like one of my biggest challenges that I have never seen within an event management. Sure, let's do it. Is 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 that budgeting aspect in the in the profitability? So we have this challenge that you know we're managing multiple vendors, lots of different people all coming to the event, and you know. Um, our job is to know if we're, you know, having to add a margin on it, or we're doing it as a pass-through cost. And this is like a very, very simple thing. You think this would be so easy for a software to figure out? We would love the ability to build those budgets, and you know, even build it as a quote for the client. We end up just moving it in internally because we they were just so horrendously ugly that we were like, we are just going to hand type, you know, a pretty version of it into a PowerPoint for someone else. But what I found is that if I just want to build out that budget and then know that based on, you know, a margin i'm adding onto it whatever it is, what my profit margin is going to be at the bottom that it would spit that out for me. Then what i would like to do is to be able to then execute that event and compare that sold margin, that sold profit margin to what actually execute? What it actually cost for us to do the event? Like it seems super duper easy. There's a lot of softwares that I think that do the the post really well, um, but no one does it like upfront. Predictive. What's this profit margin gonna be for this event? And you might be thinking yourself, well, well, just build a spreadsheet to do it. But then again, like we get to the problem of like you have to custom build it every time. What happens if you forgot to add a cell into it? What if you did J through one through six, and then you forgot to add seven, eight, nine, ten? And you're sitting here going, oh, I have a great profit margin. Margin. And then you look at it and you're like, why do we do so bad? Oh my gosh. I forgot to add these cells in here You know, I think those sort of things end up happening so much and that's like honestly like when we my CFO my head of ops talk about these things like the software I'm using workflow max is Says it can do all those things, but it's so clunky. It's so slow It's like one of zeros like uh, zero is like the accounting software. It's like the redheaded stepchild product. Ah, it's so frustrating to me that like we can't have a simple software that does this for us that shows the margin as we're starting to build out a budget ahead of time and then compares it to the actual margin that ends up getting executed.
1: Well, and some of those those numbers are so in flux that one of the things that people got hit with really early on in lockdown pandemic time was, uh, you know, some of the online platforms were per person based. And oh, wow. so it was there they so it was really difficult to budget because as registrations kept coming in the amount they were going to have to pay was going up and 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 then okay how many of those people aren't going to show up Um, uh, you know, it was really difficult to predict, especially early on, because a lot of people were seeing tremendously increased numbers by like, you know, by double, triple, quadruple, the number of numbers that they would have in their in-person shows were signing up for their online. And then a very, you know, a large percentage of those weren't showing up. And so some people actually got bit by their own success, that you know they wow. they were you know ha- they were charged you know charged per attendee, and then instead of having ten thousand attendees sign up, they had forty thousand <laughs> attendees sign up, and you know they just weren't prepared for that kind of cost, uh, especially since a lot of people were doing things for free, a lot of people were you know doing their annual session at reduced cost. You know, hey, we understand it's going to be online this year, so it's only going to be half as much, and so a lot of that money just got immediately absorbed by. Uh, you know, using online platforms that were shooting that were that were being uh, doled out by by attendee cost. oh wow. And like I'm imagining, too, like if
0: this management software could work really well, like it could connect to tools like your registration and set, pull in the data to say, like, oh hey, number of attendees, this is a cost based on number of attendees. So just automatically API call that in. So the budget literally is automatically changing as you're adding more attendees or, you know, I think that'd be really really clever to 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 do because like that pulling that quantity of attendees would be so easy to pull out of any registration software um and you could you could easily do that i never thought about the fact that like so many people were doing free events and then just decided like Oh yeah, they went from 10,000 to 40,000. I've seen it happen before where clients are like, "Let's make sure that we're ready for the 10,000 people because, you know, Netflix is one of our sponsors and they're going to tweet out our entire event." And we ended up telling them like, "Okay, well, you, like what do you guys want to do?" And they're like, "Let's budget for 20, 30,000 people to tune in." And 1,000 people showed up. Right? Mm-hmm. And luckily, like we were able to negotiate with like the data providers to be like, "Look, we didn't end up using that bandwidth, can we get the money back?" But, you know, imagine if it was you bought it up front and you didn't have a choice yep so so I I, so that's one like my I think my biggest perturbs around this is like understanding profit margins and things like that and maybe one of the reasons why this isn't like the biggest issue is that like let's be honest like not everybody's like finance, financially, like, extremely astute or literate when it comes to a lot of these things. Literate sounds a little like mean, but like, you know, that let's be honest. Like, if I told an event planner, you have a choice, talk to vendors about what furniture you're going to use or build a budget that has a, that determines, you know, your financial ROI, they're going to be like, let me go after like the design aspect, I think, in a lot of ways. And I'm wondering if that. Desire, like the lack of like desire to worry about it almost feels the, n- the desire to not need a tool to do it in some ways.
1: Well, uh, you know, it's possible mainly because again, you know, I have taken a lot of these demos over the course of time. And again, I, you know, I, I, I'm certainly not gonna profess to be an expert, but I, w- what I've been doing kind of here is going back and looking at my notes uh, as, as we've been talking here, just searching on the word profit, profitability, you know, that kind of thing, can't find it anywhere so oh. so it's clearly not a priority for the providers and so i can't help but wonder is that because it's not being made a priority uh, by the clients you know mm. so it's like it's, it's whereas it's something that's definitely troubling you right now like how do we figure this out it's you know it's it, it it's it tells me from a market standpoint um that folks aren't necessarily clamoring for that or maybe they are and nobody's providing it but it's usually sure. usually the the former that if, if nobody's asking for it nobody's you know they're not going to put it into the software
0: yeah i mean that's a that's a really good point i mean like so much of technology is fueled by demand in a lot of ways, right? Like, that might be one reason why, like, event Clab doesn't exist anymore, is that people really didn't need a internal tool. They're like, I'll just use Basecamp or whatever it may be. I'll use my spreadsheets on it. And and we've seen that time and time again. Like, there's, you know, tools that you go, this is the greatest thing ever, and then they shut down and you go, why the heck would you ever shut that down? Um, you know, I, I, every Google product that's basically ever existed, right? <laughs> you know, um, and so I'm wondering, too, that like, yeah, if, did the demand really just not exist for this sort of thing? And am I just sitting on like an island right now? Like, oh, no.
1: like well, <laughs> <laughs> I think the other thing, the other thing is, as as I was looking through those notes, I was I was finding a lot more of them than I kind of remembered, and that's because they're often being bundled with other services. And so oh, yeah. it's you know it's an event app with event management you know backend yeah. you know it's yeah. it's a uh, you know it's it's that kind of thing where you know if you're going to see event, you can have the event management you know, portion of, you know, their products in addition to all of the other things that you're bringing in. And so it's, uh, it's, it's usually, you know, again, just kind of looking back through the, through the, through the demos that I've had over the last couple of years, it looks like it's often just being bundled in with something else. There's, whereas that was an example of a true standalone uh, event management software. And there have been others, like you say, there've been others that have kind of come and gone that were true standalone event management software companies. but they've gone. And mm-hmm. so I'm sure there are probably more out there, and please do feel free to uh, hit us up, you know, Event Tech Podcast uh, on all the socials and send us an email, uh, Podcast at helloendless.com. Uh, let us know if there's one that's obvious that we're forgetting, that like, have you tried this? So, you know, if there are true standalone event management platforms, you know, let us know uh, of the ones that we're fitting. I did, as, as I was looking through that uh one of the examples that came up uh was actually one that i just saw recently in IMAX. Um and one of the curious things that that was interesting to me um reflecting on this year's IMEX and the tech the tech area was in the past and we've talked about this in the past i've gone up to the tech vendors and said okay who you know who are you for like what's your primary market and they'd be like well we're good for everybody <laughs> yeah but okay but but, but you really. know, really, if you had to choose, you know, which would be, no, 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 we're good for any type of event. We're good for any type of event. And then like the third time you asked, they'd be like, well, we started in medical meetings and then, you know, we know, we've slowly branched out from there. Okay. So what was interesting to me this year is that I was finally getting people like saying openly, we we primarily work with associations. Mm-hmm. We primarily work in scientific meetings, that kind of thing. And the reason that it's relevant to this particular conversation is that one of those companies would say we are an event management platform, but they were not, they were basically an app, and so they are clearly pushing their event management site. It was a it was CrowdSoul was the name of the company. Just to give them a shout out, um, and I remember being very impressed by uh, their just event app, their straight up event app was like, oh, this is really pretty. It's easy to yeah. use, you know, that kind of thing. But, they're, you know, they started the conversation by saying we are an events management platform. Mm. Um, and so it's interesting to see this new kind of specialization uh, in the in the event technology side where people are saying, no, we're not everything to everybody. This is what we are.
0: Interesting. I, I wonder if there's a potential, to that, like, where this market might be really helpful for people too is those who struggle to get into events, right? So like almost like creating an event management. because like maybe that's one of the problems is that event management software companies have tried to target event people. And they're like, I have my spreadsheets. I've been doing this for years. I don't need a system to do this. I'll just use Basecamp. You know, I, I have this fancy budget projection tool I've been using for years. But like, I'm thinking about like all the people who do come in and want to spend good money into the industry but just don't know exactly how. So, like, I almost equate this to, like, the, everyone's going I think I, we're going to start creating a Will drinking game where it's, like, anytime <laughs> Will uses the word HubSpot,
1: you know, like, yes, drink. Yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs> that definitely needs to be in there.
0: Definitely in there. And so I'm thinking, like, similar to, like, when hu- I joined and started using HubSpot, they gave you, like, a ton of training, but, like, a lot of what they try to do, too, is they their tool is set up in a way that if you use it all, it's doing the right practices that you need to, to, to do. You know, like, it, it, you create landing pages. You put your forms on them. You uh, you can see all the statistics, and it's like almost like as if you're using the tool. You're ma- You're kind of doing it on your own. And I remember for a while they had a project based tool inside of it. I think they like sunsetted it because it wasn't super successful. But they like had like a oh if you want to create a a offer campaign, it had all the tasks you needed. But I'm imagining if there was this management tool, maybe the missing feature is the thing not targeted for event people, but for non event people going into events like. Templates already inside of it, um, you know, uh, you know, like it's almost like getting a roll out this existing thing to like kickstart you And I think even uh, experienced planners might appreciate that, you know, to, to already have a budget kind of like template already made and be like Oh, how is this maybe different than my own that might end up being like a a, a super successful thing too is like you know making it templatized in some ways so then that way they can use it and I think that might actually be really I mean okay if anyone I'm stealing this idea and building this whole thing by the way I want to be in on it (laughs) but like I think that would attract a lot of people because I'm pretty sure like one of the number one things that we um, uh, 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 people search for is things like event planning template, event planning checklist, all these things like that. Those are like huge keywords to the non-experienced person. It would basically make it so not only do you give them that checklist but they can log, log in and be a part of your tool and maybe you charge them $5 a month to use it or you a know, one-time fee if it's a, a short-term use.
1: Well, and I won't, I won't give anything away uh, because we're working on trying to get this company to come in and, and to uh, join us on the podcast. Um, but one of the uh, again, kind of what we we're Uh, Just talking about a second ago, one of the interesting things that struck me in kind of our pre-interview interview interview, uh, was that their their target market is is similar to mine, in that it's looking for the folks that don't self-identify as planners, Mm -hmm. and so yeah, those are exactly the types that you're talking about that are looking for checklists, they're looking for handy dandy templates, they're looking for those kinds of things because they're not professional full-time event planners that have developed those systems on their own. You know, that that over time they've, you know, they've got their own system, their own checklist, that kind of thing. They're an administrative assistant or someone in marketing who's been thrown into the, you know, been handed an event and said, here, plan it and Mm -hmm. make it, you know, make it go. And so, you know, those folks are going to have very different needs uh, compared to someone who's been doing it for 20 years as an independent planner. Um, You know, one of the other things that struck me uh, as uh, as one of the features that was that was mentioned by Crowdsoul was was this ability to uh, start penciling in the schedule. Like a lot of times, oh, yeah. a lot of times you and I have talked about, you know, when it comes to AV and things like that, planners actually know more than they think they do. We we get that things are going to change and things are going to move, but you kind of know there's going to be a general session and then there's going to be a break and then there's going to be a panel and then there's going to be a speaker and then there's going to go breakouts. And so, you know, you know, most of that stuff is going to happen even long before you know who it's going to be or who the keynote's going to be. And so one of the features that, that struck out to me for the, from those guys was, this ability to start penciling in the schedule mm. with just blocks and chunks and say this is going to be a keynote these are going to be breakouts this is going to be this and then as you start to get that information you can fill it in and and rather than having to know all of it you know from day one uh, like i imagine like if you had some sort of
0: export tool that you could take that pencil and schedule export it out like you could put, include that as part of your rfp or your vendor initial sure. reach out and, and 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 save so much time putting it together um yeah. And
1: that's always the context that I'm talking about you know, in an AV world is like, you know, OK, we know it's going to be a general session and then this. and that yeah, yeah, So, yeah. you know, you know, you're going to need uh, and then there's probably going to be a panel. So we know we're going to need, you know, at least six mics, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, early on, we actually know more than we think we do, even though fully understanding it's going to shift and change.
0: You know, uh, you know, it was a kind of a it, this wasn't the full picture in terms of budget and everything like that. But I started feeling it on when we were doing just production was, um, you, you know, was the tool show flow and. They got bought by um, Hopin
1: or something.
0: Um, let me find out who they who they got bought by um on here either that or I'm just totally making this up on my <laughs> my my head. Uh, uh,
1: they got they got they got by the the juggernaut got him. Cvent. Cvent
0: got him. That's right. Yep. I was like vent yep. or Hopin. <laughs> yep. And um I think like this tool like was was what I was looking for on the production side was like, hey, let's start to build our schedule out, our show flow, and I liked it because it also could do general like contact lists and I loved it as like a tool that got me out of the spreadsheet and was more a little bit more specialized to what we were trying to do, but I used it all the time when like we were initially reaching out to 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 tds or you know our our a1s and we're like look we're just working on the schedule but here's an initial idea of what to kind of come and expect and we knew that they could always come back to the single link and it would always be new and updated and changing and everything like that like i felt like that like if and maybe that's what c-fan's plan to do is like to take your show flow and mix it in with a budgeting tool and all these things like that um and and maybe that's what their, their their plan is to do on there too
1: yeah, we'll we'll continue to keep an eye on that. Yeah, it was a product that I was a fan of early on as well, and uh, they they continue to expand that product and what it's capable of, including scripting, teleprompting, you know, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. are still still built in, so it's definitely still being worked on as an independent project. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see how C-Ven incorporates it, or if they leave it as a as a standalone uh, you know module uh, that you can just bolt on.
0: And I feel like anytime we say the word Cvent, we also need to mention our episode on ma- Jack of all trades versus Master yeah. uh, ma- Master of none, or you know, specialization with lots of integrations. Episode I don't know what episode that was, but I'm sure if you search like a you know Jack of all trades or like um, soul, all in one tool on, uh, yeah. on the
1: podcast, you'll find it. It was early and, on, I think. Yeah, and first. and Brant drinking game. You'll be surprised. It depends. You know? so, <laughs> so, so it definitely depends on what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish. It's you know I'm never a I'm never a fan of one solution. Fit. It's all so totally. there's, uh, there's there's time to there's time for the all-in-one and there's time for the piece and parcel it out
0: I'm wondering it too that like now I think about like a, an event management tool and think about like a larger strategy trend that we're seeing in the industry is right now a lot of people are copying pasting their like their blueprints from year to year right a lot of times like it's literally the exact same schedule copy so the budget schedules over I'm wondering if a tool like this could also pr- you know a it would definitely I'm sure would have a duplicate feature so it would allow people to easily do this but I'm wondering if there's a way the tool could get people to like copy but then enhance or like change it <laughs> you know what I mean like like I'll be yeah. like oh hey take like take all the data the center get the same templates copy and place them over, but then it's all empty or something like that in some ways like I'm trying to think like if there was a way that tool could also help create the, you know the crush the box mentality and the, the completely thinking outside the box mentality when it comes to events and not allow people to just ease allow people to duplicate but then allow people to duplicate and enhance in some ways
1: what if you could just put it in a dialogue box you know, you, <laughs> when you click you click you click copy and it's like are you sure you want to copy this event from the same time don't you really want to consider maybe thinking <laughs> about <laughs> how you might change it how you might improve it how you make me are you sure you okay. want to just duplicate this and then it's like and then
0: on third dollar I was like by the way have you seen a webinar from Will and Brand <laughs> right. at some point right. where it talks about not doing the same thing over and over again Yeah,
1: we'll just, <laughs> we'll just build it in we'll just build it in it's, it's, it's a feature not a bug
0: <laughs> you, and, and so what's funny is like you know, there may, this might be an opportunity, too, that there's probably similar industries that are like event management that have these, you know, budgetary uh, needs, that needs to, uh, the needs API. And, that you know, that's one reason why we chose Workflow Max was, like, it was it was designed originally, I think, for, like, contractors, like, construction contractors. And there's some features that absolutely just do not apply to us in any sort of way but would to a contracting person. But, like, that's a very similar role that we're in is, like, we're the master of all these subcontractors and all has to kind of work together on there. There might be, like, something kind of similar in that aspect. But like, I mean, like I spent probably uh, three months researching, trying to find a budgeting tool and ended up on Workflow Max and thought it was great. And, you know, I, to any m- my teammates who are here, I feel bad because it's like it's sometimes is a really horrible tool to utilize. And there's <laughs> just a huge, huge potential for it to be improved for sure
1: well once again i mean we we start piecing these things together and you know and then the other the opposite is when you build your own and then yeah. you know 10 years later the person that built it is gone and it's like you know how do we change you know how do we change this one little dialogue box that's tripping everybody up and you can't and so then you wind up you know back in the same Situation again where you're trying to find somebody that can do it for you. Totally. Well, it's interesting the the talk about like the building your own thing Like I think so
0: many companies once they like hit kind of like a critical stage They just end up having to build their own because they have to but I've never heard anybody say like i I'm working within a company that like the whole the, the built internal tool was like amazing like oh my gosh This was incredible because I think if it was incredible They t- probably would spin it off as its own company to start making even more money But um, there's a really interesting company. Let me see if I can find the name of it um, Where they actually advertise that their big thing is that they built this event management tool and that's how they used to manage all their events I've never seen the tool in any sort of uh, fashion, but um, you know I thought it was really really interesting that they uh, they kind of end up doing that Um, In a lot of ways, let me see if I can. Yeah, I feel
1: like a lot of the event management software that we've seen come and go over the course of the years started out that way. Mm -hmm. That a lot of them started out as we were doing this. We made we built this for our own events, and now we want to release it to the world. And so it's interesting then that that those have come and gone. That it's like you know it's it served a purpose for them. You almost wonder if they had to move on internally to something different, and then the product that they were supporting, you know, was was no longer supported then anyway. Uh, the name t- of
0: the company is Miller Tanner. Um, it's really interesting go to millertanner.com you'll kind of see they they have like three products they have this um you know a paperless events increase engagement it, you know it seems like pro- potentially it's an event app then they have what they call epic event planning and control get instant access to your event details and event management app and then vaults which is a virtual assessment learning and training source so it's really interesting that they decide to build their own tools and just like do that aspect versus you like utilizing existing over-the-counter or whatever it may be on there um and I'm sure it was probably the same pain point that we were feeling you know as we've been talking about this is why they decided to kind of build their own and I've never seen again seen their products or anything like that but you know I'm assuming they're trying to crack that same nut of what they're what we're talking about on here
1: so what you're saying is we can anticipate the the endless <laughs> event planning event management app sometime soon right I'm sure you know it's, I don't think
0: I don't think we've ever talked about this on the podcast before and let me know if, if we have, maybe we've talked about over beers before or something like that, but you know, I've always had a headstrong, like I don't want to build a software like, I don't want that to be my thing because like, A, I've never done that before. Not that that really scares me, but like at some point, it's such a distraction. There's so much maintenance to do it. And we, you know, I'm not gonna lie. We tried to build, like at the beginning of the pandemic, we were like, you know, all these platforms aren't exactly doing what we want them to do. Let's just start building our own or building a tool that would work for these clients who have lower budgets. We built it all out, but then by the time we did, every single company was like adapting and changing and things like that that we just decided like no let's like let's shutter this down uh and we had moved up market too we weren't focusing on those smaller events and um at the time and you know like it's always been a big part of me to be like yeah like i don't want to build become a software company inside of this company you know when it comes to it because i think I think I know what would happen. I would build it and I would <laughs> and I would be like this is amazing and 2 years later I'd be like I hate this tool. I wish there was something better out there. Because like Honestly, I feel that way with sometimes a lot of tools like we were looking at heat mapping software uh, this week and we've been using um, um, Paper uh, or uh, lucky orange for so long and I was like, yeah Lucky orange works really good and they they released like a new version of it and I was like, you know what if we're gonna have to update to this newer version I might as well look at the competitors and see what's out there. I'm very much like about having the best tool in the shed to do the job. And I think that's what would
1: happen is I'd get into it and realize my tool (laughs) kind (laughs) of sucks. Well, and we, you know, in the context of event apps back in the day, um, uh, this was something that would come up every now and then is that, you know, a major corporation. So think like, you know, big, big time bank or something like that would say, you know, well, why are we paying for this, you know, event app? We've got coders, we've got people who can build websites. Mm -hmm. And then they would, they would develop their own internal event app and they would use it for like a year and then they would completely abandon it and you know go back to a third-party app because what would happen is that you know they would use their internal coders and they would work really hard on it and they would release it but then at some point they had to go back to being the website folks for the bank yeah. You know, they've got a primary job. They've got a primary role and responsibility. They're doing, you know, web forms and security for a you know, major international financial institution. The last thing they need to do is fix a bug in your event app, you know? so So early, early on, we, we would see you know companies try it and uh, and then like I say within a year they'd give up on it and say, no we need to go third party because it, it's so difficult to support it internally because um, it's usually not their full-time job
0: you know what this reminds me a little bit of like you ever been to like a, a, a like on a vacation or you know somewhere somewhere and you see like, Half built building. So I think of like Rocky Point, Mexico. (laughs) Like anyone who's ever been to Rocky Point, Mexico knows exactly what I'm talking about. And it's just like this town that got like was starting to blow up because like all the Arizona and California folks would go down to it to his vacation spot. And, you know, it started building up. They built like. Ha- these high-rise that got like halfway done, like these resort parties that got halfway done and then just abandoned halfway through. Like I'm wondering like how much of the internet is like the abandoned half project. Because <laughs> like I said, like we built an event app and it literally went out no one's ever seen it other than internal employees and it literally never saw light lie a day. Like that event app that the major bank made never ended up seeing the lie day and it might be still sitting on a server somewhere, but I'm wondering right. if there's like the skeleton of the internet that is just like a wasteland of
1: half built projects that never End up going anywhere. That's why that's where the Internet Archive is beautiful because you can go back and find yeah. so many of those things. And I actually I used that service a lot during the pandemic to see where people pivoted from. Oh, so you know, so whenever I would see you know online platform, I would go back and see what they were doing you know a year ago you know that's before pre 2019 because that was the way of answering that question that I was talking about earlier of like yeah but who's your real target market and you'd be able to see oh they were a content delivery system. That is now pivoted to being an online event platform. So, you know, they're probably going to be pretty good at delivering the, you know, the PDFs and stuff like that. That you know, that you know, that come along with your event. So, uh, exactly. I highly recommend if you want a, a rabbit hole, that or a, that will, you know, that will take you down on the internet for a long time. Just start digging around on the Internet Archive, so InternetArchive.org, yeah. and uh, go back and look at some of your favorite websites from 20 years ago and and see where they were at. I'll give you us uh, two good
0: starting points. Uh, AzPRODJS.com, azprodjs.com. That was what Endless was when I started in high school. And you can see some really interesting changes. You can see where like lime green branding came from. And then look at HelloEndless.com for sure. And at the beginning, like what the website looked like. And it's cool to see that like evolution and change. I might just do that right after this podcast too, um, on here too. I think potentially what the solution will be until like someone comes around and potentially solves this tool or maybe never does is that like I think this is where the the open, not looking for the jack of all trades, but API like thing is really, really helpful. Like I'm working right now on our community aspect. And I'm like, man, I really don't want to add sessions one by one in the system. And I want to make it so people can submit a session on a form and it maybe goes automatically on the calendar. And, you know, then we can tweak it a little bit once it's actually in the platform. And I think the thing that's helping me a lot is that there's an open API into the tools that I want to use. So, you know, even though I don't know how to code it, I know that it is possible. So if I really want to pursue it, I can get a coder involved. I can ask the platform to do it. I can learn a little bit about coding to do it myself. But, you know, I think those API accesses really do end up being come really, really helpful in these situations where like, you know, it, if Basecamp really did have like a huge open API, which it doesn't exactly, I might be able to build a budgeting tool that attaches into that or um, uh, maybe be able to pull the attendee count out of my platform and plug it into an Airtable database in there as well so um, I, I think that's one thing I think as a solution is you know it's kind of the the not the greatest solution but at least it's something to work on
1: so it's a work in progress. Yay, <laughs> that's, what that's what we've discovered. So if you have a favorite event management software out, platform out there that you think is just knocking it out of the park, be sure and let us know. Uh, uh, event tech podcast at HelloEndless.com or just shoot us a, a hashtag event tech Podcast on all of the socials that are out there. Let us know. What ones are we forgetting? What ones should we know about? What ones will help Will with his budgeting solutions uh, that he needs to figure out how to do that? And then don't forget to go check out Arizona Pro DJs on the internet. <laughs> Archived. So you can hear these reviews like, he's still in high school, but this bright young talent is already spinning it up in Phoenix to make a name for himself. Check out his skills.
0: This is the time that I'm going to like be very embarrassed and I'm going to go cry into a pillow. So I think we should say goodbye and end it on that note. Brand, thanks so much for being here. Thanks everybody for tuning on in.
1: Well, thank you for being a wonderful asset to our junior high dance. <laughs> They made the event fun for everyone. (laughs) That's what I do. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks. everybody. We'll see you next time on the Event Tech Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app.
0: Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.